Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Last Professionals and for Last Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today we have another kind of like family episode. We have Elisa and Ricky Carrasco coming on our show. They sound like it would be a husband-wife team again like we had a couple weeks ago, but it is not. This is a mother-son team. So, yeah, yeah, for me, I was like, what? A mom and a son working together? Is that even possible without the, you know, the son? Really? Is he going to do that? Absolutely. Ricky's super cool. Elisa's super cool. Actually, they're both great people. And we sit down with them. We talk about what it's like to work with each other and how it all came about. So hopefully you'll find it to be really encouraging. And by the way, if you're, you got a loved one or you got someone in your life that you're like, man, it'd be, no, nah, it wouldn't work. It can work, guys. It can absolutely work. We just had a couple of these episodes where we shared with you where we had a husband team, a husband-wife team, now a mother-son team. So maybe you have someone in your life that's an uncle, aunt, relative of some sort, loved one, and you're like, I don't know if I can work with them. You know what? You never know. And by the way, if things are a little slower with COVID, it might be the best time to teach someone else how to do lashes and bring them on board as things pick up. You'll have another partner. So just a thought, guys. All right. Before we get into the interview itself, a few quick announcements, guys. We have our Lash Allergy course coming up on January 25th at 5 p.m. There's a 30-day replay, guys. So if you've been struggling, like, I can't make it on the 25th, don't worry. You have 30 days to watch it, and it's only $59. Yes, we've talked about how we do it on our podcast with dexamethasone, but this is going to go deeper. We're going to go give you extra scripts, how to work with doctors, and how to do the consultation, and just give you everything so that you understand the science behind it, not just be like, hey, you just need dexamethasone. You actually understand why. And for only $59, guys, it's going to be more than worth it. So please uh, sign up. Go to the link in the bio and our Instagram page, and go over there, pop on, and sign up today. Also, guys, we have a little thing we're going to do. We want to reward some of you, or we wish we could reward all of you, but we want to reward one person every month now with a $100 Amazon gift card who gives us a review on iTunes. So if you love us, you've been listening to us anytime, you're like, man, these two cats are cool. I Sorry, really outdated phrase there. I got to get read that review. Please do. And we were going to pick one person out of all the people who do it, and we will give you a $100 gift card from Amazon. But here's the thing. You need to tell us who you are. Just writing reviews is great, but we don't know who you are. So the best thing to do is take a screenshot or just whatever you can do and uh, copy it, paste it, and put it in the email and send it to paul at lashcastpodcast.com. And then we will pull your name out of the file or out of the bowl or whatever it is, draw it, and we'll pick one winner every month for a while or maybe forever. Maybe And maybe we'll even get bigger and better prizes along the way. We'll ne- you'll, see, you'll have to wait and see. And lastly, guys, we need guest announcers. As always, if you want to be on the show and want to help us out, go to the show notes. You'll see the script in there and just record that and send it to Paul at LashCastPodcast.com. All right, guys, that's all the announcements I have for you now. So let's get down into our interview where we sit down with Elisa and Ricky and talk to them what it's like to work together as a mother-son team. Hey guys, we are here in the Last Cast Studios. Excited for a first for us. We have a mother and son team who both do lashes, and they're here in California. So they're fellow Californians up in Sonoma County. That's up in the Bay Area, northern part of the Bay Area. And so we have Elisa and Ricky. Uh, welcome to the show. Cool. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having us. It's good to be here. Hi, everyone. 
<laughs> One of the things that's really cool is that Elisa actually was a guest announcer way back. So if you go to episode number 40, so it was one of the earlier shows that we did. But it was special because it was the mega podcast. Yeah, it was our mega podcast with Tara Walsh and Shelby of Lash Boss Radio. You know what's so. so funny about that one is that he frequently mentions that one because of the sound effect that he yeah. used. He's like, yo, we're going to do a mega fact, show. <laughs> in fact, I'm just going to do it right now. I'm going to say and guess what's going to happen when I do that? You're going to hear a low voice when I have to do that. Now, okay, on the more important things about you two guys, we are excited to have them on because I don't know how it came about. Elisa, maybe you can jog my memory. I know somehow we communicated, I think through a DM, and somehow I looked into it and I found out that you your son was working with you, and I, I think I went crazy and said, hey, I have to have you on the show. I think, was that, is that right, or did you just tell me? I forget. Yeah, we were doing a DM and yeah, it just kind of came to a conversation. We were talking about how, what was going on here in California. And I mentioned that, um, yeah, that my son was my business partner. Yeah, which is really, really cool. I mean, uh, I guess what we want to find out first is how did you both get into beauty, like the general bigger picture beauty, and then why specifically lashes? Because obviously lashes is a niche of its own and not too many uh, sons are joining their their moms in the lash niche industry so maybe you share a little bit of your journey how you both got to that okay so i went to beauty college straight out of high school so back in 1989 right. and i was a cosmetologist for the first you know 20 years um i had a salon that i ran from 98 to 2008 and it was just a lot running a staff at the salon. I was burnt out. Mm. I had seen lash extensions at a hair show in San Jose a few years before that. And I thought, oh my gosh, these are amazing. I, I want to know more. So I contacted the company that was training and they were only training out of Florida. And they said, well, you know, for $500, we can send you a kit and a video and you can do lashes. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the line training. Yeah, it does not work that way. <laughs> yeah. No, don't watch it from a DVD, right? <laughs> exactly. I tried. I tried on a few people. Did not work. Yeah. So I was always interested in learning lashes. I had a person in the industry reach out to me uh, about a year or so later that she wanted to try trade eyelash extension services for hair services. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited because I couldn't find anybody in our area that did lash extensions. She was the only person that I had heard of. So that's how I got interested in it was having my lashes done by her. Cool. And then you were hooked once you got it tried and had to go do it yourself. Yeah. And then I tried finding training that was kind of non-existent back then. Um, she was only one doing it in the area. So she kept telling me, come and work with me. I'll teach you how to do lashes. I'm so busy. So when I shut down my salon in 2008, that opportunity was you know, available. And I ended up learning um, from her. Oh, cool. So you kind of have a mentor. Mm-hmm. That's totally. great. And that's something I wish we saw more in our industry today. I think we don't see enough mentoring. I think generally people get a two-day class and right. then that's it. And then you're on your own you have to practice and you learn and maybe you get a DM someone once in a while, a question or two, but you don't actually have someone you can go to and get feedback. Did So did you have that opportunity where she worked with you one-on-one and kind of just would give you tips and would look at your work and give you feedback and comments as you were learning? 
Yeah, exactly. That's what we did. I went into her um, location, brought a friend, brought models, worked on models, worked on friends. Back then, training was really hard to find. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she was definitely a great mentor and taught me a wonderful trade that I'm very grateful to have learned. What's remarkable to me is that you found uh, a mentor, especially like what I call in the dark ages of lashing, you know, it was new. You're, you're actually one of the pioneers, you know, you're, you're an OG if you've been doing it as long. Pre-2010. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, so that's really cool. It's like you, you found what you needed in, in an, in an area in a time when it was really, really scary. And I just think that's something I wish we saw more in industry. We saw more people willing to train other people and mentor them. I mean, that's why I think the salon world, which doesn't, you know, there are salons in our industry, but they aren't like overwhelming. Like by, by far the majority of lash artists work alone and work by themselves. And that creates a problem of there's no, no one person singly is going to want to train another person because they don't get anything out of it, right? They're like, well, what do I get out of it? If I train you, you're just going to take my clients. So I'm right. guessing now, did you end up working for her for a while or did she just help you as a mentor and let you kind of build your own business on your own? So back then, um, I had closed my salon. I was still doing hair. I thought I would do hair for the rest of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, um, you know, learning from her and I got so busy with doing lashes that um, trying to do hair and lashes, it's very, very different, yeah. very different environment. And um, I had to make a decision at some point. At that point with her, I helped her um, establish her first lash salon. Um, I was a little bit older than her. I had more experience. I had experience running a business that she didn't have. So um, that worked out good for the both of us. I helped find a location. Um, couple other girls, girls to train that had priorly worked for me and then um, left to go work with her. And I stayed with her for about three years. Okay. You mentored her in business a little bit, almost like a trade-off where you helped her. And- it's kind of symbiotic relationship, right? You get something, she gets something, and you both are sharpened in the end. All right, great. So, all right. So then you start your own thing three years later, and then you decide... I'm going to recruit my own son. Or did your son come to you and say, please give me a job? How, which how way, did how this did happen? Yeah. Well, I was never meant to work. Um, it kind of changed our relationship. I was kind of working for her and I never planned on doing that. So I'm very independent. I had ran my own business for years. So I left and um, I went with another lady who was an esthetician. She had an idea, which is really popular in this area. There's a lot of older homes. Um, you rent this home, there's different rooms and then, you know, like a rent situation. So I went with her and I was just working. Um, I worked under, I called myself a Lisa Lash Artist and I did my own little thing, had my own website separate from her. So that's what I was doing at the time. And then came Ricky. Yeah, then uh, <laughs> at about the time, so I want to say it was like the middle of 2014, I had ended up working for the county in more of an office style job. And it was just, it was depressing, uh. you know, but, Worked a lot with the homeless and it was just, uh, I feel bad for them. And it was just, a, it was a rough environment. And I just, at the time needed a change. And my mom threw out the idea of like, Hey, why don't you come and do eyelashes with me? It's really taking off right now. What did you think when she said that? I was like, I don't know, mom. I don't think they, <laughs> I, I, like, I can do eyelashes. And that idea changed and I, I tried it. And, you know, she set up a table for me at, uh, at the house and, First person I ever did lashes on was my grandmother. And then, 
right. Second That's person a good one. Like, yeah. You know? oh, and he's very supportive with everything like that. Yeah. And I, I only maybe got on like 10 eyelashes in that hour. Right. And I was so frustrated yeah. that I wanted to throw them out the window. The yes. and things like that. But you stuck with it. Like what, what did you have a spark during that time when you did your grandmother and your, and your father? I mean, you're frustrated, right? But like, what made you think, you know, come back? Like what made Um, you press on? Well, it was just a more enjoyable type of work. I could see the potential of it. And I could see that it was a work environment where somebody was going to come in for a service and they're happy to be there yeah. versus the opposite of, you know, trying to find housing or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, you know, in this industry, you meet a lot of interesting, nice people. And I met the person that owned the spa that my mom was working at at the time. And she was really nice. It was just a really like a warm, loving environment. And, mm. you know, you could see the uh, business potential of it. And I could just see it was a good path to go. It was definitely a leap of faith, especially with going to, to beauty yeah. college. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's 2015. Was that 20, 2014? Yeah. I, I graduated from beauty college in March of 2015. So for you, this was, um, a, a, a big departure. And I will say this too. I worked in the, when not in my twenties, I worked in the hotel industry in the service industry. And I really think that what prepared me to work with Tusney in this industry, because I found, which I didn't know at the time that working in the hotel industry could be, was, and is still today, an amazing job. I loved that job. I didn't realize how much fun it was to serve people and help people, but something magical happens when you make someone's lives better. And that's a, a good feeling. There's a lot of jobs out there you can do, but not all jobs really lead to you where you make someone's life better or make them feel happy or feel important or feel loved. And I think that's one of the beauties of this. Well, that's cool. Well, I mean, I'm glad that you did took the jump. It's been now five years. And then, uh, well, I have some yeah. questions about like the dynamic of yeah. at least yeah. did, did you train him? Did, what was it like training him? Yeah. Like, as opposed to somebody else, like it was, it, was it challenging at all because of the relationship? Boundaries, different boundaries, right? It's like, it's gotta be a little bit different than a normal because student. He, the thing is, it's like when my mother ever tried to teach me something, sometimes because of the relationship, I didn't really, you know, take her serious or, you know, that kind of stuff. And it was hard. So I'm just wondering if any of that kind of d- dynamic was going on. Well, even before he decided to go to, you know, beauty college, because in California, you have to at least have your aesthetic license to um, do lash extensions. So we kind of had a plan. I said, why don't you practice and just see if this is even Mm -hmm. anything that you can consider doing? Because being a man, I mean, your your hands are bigger, you're taller, you know, just there's so many different things. Um, Back then, there was a couple of Facebook groups that I reached out to to see is there any other male lash artists out here? Can you give us some feedback? And there was one person down south who ended up messaging us and we talked back and forth and he said, Yeah, tell him to go for it. So once he decided to go to aesthetic school, that's when I started training him to do lashes so that when he graduated, he would be ready to go straight into the studio and do lashes. So training him, he, he was a good um, student. He listened to everything. I told him he didn't question anything. Um, oh, so he's a good boy. <laughs> Every mom's dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing too, working with, you know, with a man is that he doesn't have any background in makeup or beauty. So there's like nothing that I'm telling him that he's questioning. You do it this way. Okay. 
So yeah. that is wonderful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's Toss really Toss looked at me when you said that. I was like, oh why you never question me again. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's wonderful. Well, I'm sure for uh, you now, Ricky, how was it for you? I got to hear the mom's side. How was it for you, that whole process of learning and, and becoming a student? It was really good. Like you said earlier, you know, usually going for a training for one to two days. And with my trainer being my mother, you know, it was definitely many, many yeah. weeks and months of training. And she put up with all my questions and everything like that. And the cool thing about uh, the way she does lashes is she's very artistic and kind of was just like, Oh, just make it longer here. And I'm like, I'm very detail oriented. Yeah. I need to know where the tens, 11s, 12s, what curl to use. I like it to be like on a diagram basically. Yeah. So like a it formula. Was, it was doing my own style in that way. Now t- tell me how, um, what's it like working with um, women? Like when you're doing their lashes, right? I mean, I know that times are changing and it's not uncommon to go to Sephora or or some other beauty services and and have a man help you. Mm -hmm. Is it, do you have any issue with when you walk out and the client sees that you're a guy? I mean, I'm sure that they know that they're booking with a man, but can you talk a a little bit about that transition? What was it like when you first started? Were you like making excuses? I'm a guy, but you know, like, tell me. Sorry, my mom made me do this. No. (laughs) (laughs) at first it was uh it was going to beauty college really got me into that environment and see seeing how comfortable women can be with a man working on their lashes or when i was in beauty college i was doing facials and Mm -hmm. you know uh, massages and things of that nature so i got really comfortable with uh being with women all day and then when i went into when we created our own business um if you go to our website my headshot shot is right on there if you call my personal business line, it's me leaving the voicemail. So it's pretty out there that I'm a male. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I've only maybe had one or two people ever be surprised that it was like, oh, the appointment with a guy. But even if that happens, I try to be so welcoming and comforting right when they get into the spa, just so, you know, they're comfortable and, you know, be, but also very professional and know that I'm going to take good care of them. I have found that it's all about your own confidence and how you guide the customer, how, how you guide Maybe them. Until you make it. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, if you know what you're doing, if you sound competent, there's just going to be less. They're going to trust you. And we saw that with our own staff that Tustany would say, this is, we add these bright lights. Are we really upgraded our lights? And we started getting staff saying, well, the clients complain. They don't like the lights. And Tustany's like, it's funny because my clients don't complain. Yeah. And it's really because the way you say it, like, hey, I'm going to turn the light. And they were probably doing things like, well, it's very bright. It's going, you know, cover your eye. Like they were maybe making it more big deal. So of course the client now feel like they have permission to complain because you're not leading them properly. If you really lead them away, like I need to do this. It's necessary. It's the best way I can give you the best lashes or something like that. All of a sudden they realize, well, I want the best lashes. So I'll go through these brighter lights now that you've upgraded to. It's not a big deal. And I'm sure with the, having a man doing your lashes, if you just say, you want your best lashes, I'm the guy, I'm your person. Yeah. And you know, I'm the king of my lashes. <laughs> yeah. King, yes. yeah. The king lashes. Right. So at that point, people are like okay well then i'll I'll go for the ride so uh, that's pretty cool now i can't help but say this now you mentioned you know the pictures on your website and we went to your website and we looked and i said oh my gosh honey i don't think it's mother son i think it's brother sister (laughs) oh my gosh you guys look amazing first of all i mean you're so cute together it's like seriously it is not a mother son it just looks like siblings so you're doing a good job taking care of yourself (laughs) really well she's an esthetician right yeah that's right she got me on a early 
skincare regimen. So I'm Very trying nice. to keep my skin nice and young. Love it. <laughs> love it. That's something that Tessa's probably uh, hoping I'll, oh, I'll I know. I love day. it. I love it. I'm jealous of your beard. I can't actually grow it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't your age either, by the way. So it, takes a while. It, it, it takes a while. You grow the beard sometimes. <laughs> so for now, Ricky, for you, what was it like? decide to move and pivot into this. I mean, like friends, family, was everyone like that? Ah, totally cool. Or did you, as did a you guy going to lashes, looks? probably did, did I'm people sure. people tease you? Like, then, what? I got that working in lashes. My friend's like, what? What are Lash you doing, boy? Bro? Lash salon? What, what, <laughs> what's wrong with you? I mean, did you get any of that? I got a little bit of that. You know, my mom really coached it into me and was just like, no, just own it. Just go for it 100%. And, you know, like I said earlier, my dad was super supportive with it. And then my closest friends are really supportive with it. And, you know, we talked about it and they, you know, they could see that it's going to be a business. But once actually I got into doing the business, they saw how well I was doing with it. So no more teasing happened yeah. after that. So, yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. And yeah. now I think it says on the website, you're both owners, correct? So you both own your business together? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. And do you have staff or you guys decide to keep solo? Because I know, at least you had, you've had staff, so you know what that world's like and sounded like it was rough, like it is for most salon owners. It could be a tough road to go. Yeah, I never planned on, before Ricky joined me, like having my own place again. She would always say, we're never doing that again. Never, yeah. never. <laughs> for so many years. Yeah. But then when he decided to come over, I mean, obviously the next step would be for us to, you know, break away from where we were and go off together. Got it. So we kept it just the two of us. We definitely have people approach us, you mm-hmm. know, that want to come work with us and, no, we're good. We want to just be what we are right now. We keep, it's a nice small. small work environment yeah. with um, like a check-in station, a little uh, waiting room, and then we each have our separate room. So we just found the perfect space that fits the two of us. Yeah. That is brilliant. Yeah. It's just perfect. I love it. You know, you support each other, you trust each other, you love one another, and it's you like trust more than your mom. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what I think about. You know, working with my husband here. But, um, <laughs> it's it's great. I'm glad you guys found that and that you have that together. I have a question. When it comes to the business side of things, who has the final say? Do you sometimes find yourself disagreeing? You know, in what the company is to do. I mean, like how, at least to go, hey, I'm the that. mom. It's my decision. I mean, yeah. it's my way or the highway. <laughs> we usually agree pretty much on everything. Um, I obviously come with more of a business background, just yeah. being older, mm-hmm. being in the business for such a long time. But um, I have, I don't think we really had any disagreements. We haven't. Time. And, you know, especially with starting in the industry, I would get those, I don't want to call them problem clients, but there would be people that mm-hmm. would. They're um, challenging. Me in a very interesting way. Yeah. And I, I would always go to her and she would tell me how to handle that situation. So basically, like she just she taught me all of that. So even when there is a question of what we should do about the business or head in a different direction, we always talk it out and we end up always agreeing on it. And we see oh, um, which is the best way to go. That's the beauty of it just being me and her. That's know? so great. Like who handles ordering and supplies and stuff like that? We both about handle our own ordering. Yeah. Supplies. Um, I do lash lifts. He does not. So, you know, um, lashes. If she needs me to go make photocopies, I would go down to FedEx or wherever. So yeah, we we help each other with the laundry if there's laundry. And yeah. I love it. Is there ever anything you find yourself that you've butted heads on though at some point where you both have a different opinion and running the business or operations or maybe how to deal with a certain client or has it always been pretty like, again, sometimes, you know, especially I know for Tess and I, we have our moments, but most of the time we find agreement. We're not never really on opposite polar sides on any 
one well, issue. Well, we both have our own clients and we could go the whole day without seeing each other, even in the break room. So <laughs> it's kind of, we're separated in that yeah. area. Just, yeah. I mean, can you think of anything we didn't agree on? Not really. That's I good. mean, Ricky defers to me on like when it came to decorating or, you know, different things. Yeah. He's just like, it's nice not to have to talk it out with another woman. I got to make the decisions on yeah. it. <laughs> you know, I'll be so. like, those pillows do not work. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how many clients do you do on an average day? Do you have a limit? Are you guys also traveling together at the same time? I know that's two separate questions, but. Well, pre-COVID, I yeah. was yeah. up to eight clients a day. Yeah. Um Definitely had a problem with overbooking. I mm-hmm. hated to say no to anyone. Mm-hmm. I always thought, oh, I'm growing my business. Yeah. And this has given us a chance to definitely slow down. So I will not be doing that again. Yeah. High five. I probably see about six clients a day. So that's yeah. good. That's still a lot. I would, I would say pre COVID, I would probably have anywhere from six to eight. I like being a little bit less booked and have a little bit of breathing room. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I've always done best if I have, you know, at least a 15 to 20 minute break in between clients. That way I can check them out. You know, nobody's rushing. I can use the restroom if I need to. And you can always squeeze one or two more people in. But I just, I I like to have a relaxed day. Seriously. I'm glad that you learned that young. (laughs) That's really good. Now, are you guys traveling to work together or do you have just like ships in the night? You just come together and, you know, you might see each other during the day. We had trouble to work together a couple of times, but there's times where, like I said, like our breaks didn't match up. So I didn't even see her that day. It was literally just like a high in the morning and maybe a goodbye. Yeah, we can be there eight hours and not see each other. So yeah, we travel separately. I might start, sometimes he'll start earlier than me. I'll stay later. And it's great because somebody else can go pick up lunch or something. You know, we have a minute to spare. We'll have lunch together. Gosh, you guys really seem like a a study and partnership. And like you're definitely a unit, but you're also independent and it's really symbiotic. You work to support each other. I think it's a beautiful thing. I'm glad you found it with this family tie, mother of son. I think it's really special. Well, she she took so much time training me and I can never repay her for everything she's done. So I try to support her at work as much as possible, you know? (sighs) He covers my back. I cover hers. It's a good working environment like that. Alisa, I just think it's so wonderful that the, those words are coming from your son. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> he sees your sacrifice. He sees the value of what you've given him. And even just to put it in those words, yeah, I can never repay you for that. I mean, that's just beautiful. That's just the words that every mother wants to hear or even anybody that trains anybody. Just it's, sure. it's wonderful. She wants to hear those from me now. <laughs> well, I never taught you how to do that. No, so. but uh, that's something that I think I think we. No, but all the people that I've trained, I would love to have heard something yeah. like that. But you know, I don't think that's in the cards for me. Oh, you never know. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> during COVID, how have you guys been getting by? Did you guys close down during this time? Did you guys just keep working? I know in California, it's been a. I mean, it's been a hot mess for California. Literally eight months of the year of 2020, we were told we were not allowed to work. And so I know a lot of people, at least now, are at a point, screw it. I have to make a living. I can't go forever not working. Uh, And the state's not paying me not to work, so I I have to find a way. So how have you guys gotten through this time? So, yeah, being in California, obviously, you know how difficult it's been. This is our third shutdown. We are currently shut down again for the third time, possibly going back um, on the 9th, but does not look like that's going to happen. It's going to be March probably before anyone's opened up at the earliest. So 
So I did actually listen to your podcast and got a great, I, well, not idea, but um, I love that I learned about mm-hmm. the magnetic strip lash. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, Brittany. Yeah. So right <laughs> after listening to your podcast, I contacted them and we ordered a couple sets and tried it. Um, my sister's always my guinea pig, you know, so she could do them. And yeah, we've been offering those. So okay. have they been received well? What are they, what's your response um, like? It's been okay. I mean, for the diehards that don't want to come in at all, it's been good. Um, I've actually had some former clients that moved out of state actually even order sets. Wow, so that's great. We haven't done that many. I mean, it's nice to have it to offer as a backup. Yeah. Because we did shut down again, you know, this time. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of refer people to that. And yeah, that's what we've been doing. Okay. So you come into work and just build up these little sets and then mail them out to your clients. And it's like a different muscle in some ways though. It is like for the diehard client who's requesting it. Some of them, you know, or if they have a special event, well, who's got a special event? No one has special events. Unless, unless your governor knew some going to the French laundry. (laughs) How many people still want their lashes for their zoom meetings or Mm -hmm. want their Botox for their zoom. So there's still enough. Yeah. Some people out there that aren't willing to give Well, lashes are so important. I mean, like, I I recognize that during the the pandemic, it's just like, you know, when there's nothing on your face, and you just feel so like, oh, like a 12 year old boy, you know, (laughs) no offense to 12 year old boys, but (laughs) it's just important. And now for you guys, one other thing that I found interesting um, when I was reading, and you've shared a little bit about this. And maybe you could share us some of the reasons for this. Because I'm always intrigued when I talk to salon owners or former salon owners about some of the pain points and struggles. And you decided in 2008 to close. And obviously that's a very, you know, 2008 is another big date. 2020 will be remembered and 2008 will be remembered. Uh, and that was because that's when the Great Recession really was going at full dumpster fire levels. So for you, you closed your salon because I'm assuming that things got kind of bad during that time. What was it for you as a salon owner looking back, I guess, would some of the lessons you learned? Because I love people to hear from other salon owners because I really think people don't appreciate or understand the struggles and the difficulties strong salon owners go through. Um, and they get demonized a lot, I think, by their employees because they don't know any better. They don't have the, all the information. And so salon owners, we try to feel like we get attacked even though we're just trying to do good and provide jobs for people and yet we're treated differently so i thought maybe if you you've this toy wasn't even prepared i didn't have this on a list of, yeah. list of questions but i'd love to hear your kind of thoughts on that so with the salon i was really young when i bought it mm-hmm. i had no idea how to run a business i thought leasing a commercial space was like renting a house i learned really quick Um, And being so young and trying to have staff, it was hard to get the respect that I should. Um, I learned a lot when it came to, um, you know, hiring and, you know, having to fire people. And it was just a lot to take on. Um, Back then, I was doing it as a commission salon Mm. also. So I learned a lot. I would do it so differently. I would definitely take business classes yeah. before I even oh, attempted I to do 
anything like open my own business. It's like run op- you know, running the gauntlet and you don't even know what you're signing up for, but you're just open yourself and then you just go through this battlefield and it's like trial by fire, you know. And you learn by fire and it and you and it can work, but it's also not for everyone. I think there are a lot of people who thought they should be salon owners realize they shouldn't be salon owners, right? Well, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like I had done hair for years. I thought I knew what I was doing. And in my profession of cosmetology, yes, I did know. What I did not know was how to manage people and all the legalities that went with a business. And it was just a lot harder than I thought it would be, I guess. I mean, we hung on for 10 years because I felt really bad um, closing. I felt like I was letting the staff down. But it just came to a point where you know, the scene, robbing Peter to pay Paul. I just couldn't do it anymore. I was really burnt out. Yeah, it was a hard decision. Yeah. You know, Elisa, you are not alone in that. You've just articulated the struggle that a lot of people go through. 10 years is a long time to put that in. You are, you've, um, you, you paid your dues. You really proved that you could do it. And, um, high five to you. Yeah. I think really (laughs) the people don't understand is that, Sloan owners, and I, I bring it up whenever I can, just because I know that most of the people listening to our podcast are independent people working by themselves. Right. And they don't understand that when you do work for someone or if you are currently work for, for someone, you just give them a little bit more, a little bit more grace, a little bit more benefit of the doubt. They are trying their best. A lot of times it's like what you said, you were great hair and you thought that would just naturally translate to being a great Sloan owner. And and if you read the E-Myth, which is one of my favorite books, that book really goes in this idea that if you're a great car mechanic or a great baker or a great hairstylist or a lash artist, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great business owner because those things have no commonality and skills. You have to learn a whole new skill set. It's like being a lash artist and all of a sudden you have to start all over again and you're a beginner and you don't remember how to do anything. You're just like, what are these tweezers? What's this glue stuff? What's this the lashes? I don't know what to do with it. And that's what it is when you first become a business owner. And that yet, because you're the boss, everyone assumes, and rightfully so, I guess, because you signed up for the job that you know what you're doing that you know everything you have all the answers you know all the problems and you'll always keep your cool and you always have the perfect response and that's just not the way it is when we learn business we're all beginners again and i know for me and tess when we had our salon especially in the early years there was a lot of dumb things we did chaos bad decisions and you learn from your mistakes and you grow and sometimes you find out i think like in tess's case for sure she realized i don't like managing people it's just not Something that she creates a lot of joy from. Also, like, I don't know if it's necessarily about being a woman. I don't know. I I, I don't want to say that. But it's like the the social aspect of it, of having to set boundaries and expectations. We think that we know what it looks like because we want to be nice, right? Um, we want to be friends. We want to be all. friends and we want to be sweet to everybody. And, you know, but... You have to have a a backbone and you have to be able to articulate expectations and you have to hold people accountable to that. And that just takes a new muscle. Just it doesn't happen. Leadership doesn't happen just because you step into that. You you have to flex that muscle. And it sounds like you learn that like really quickly. And kudos to you that you stayed in it and you really put your money where your mouth is when you talk about caring for the staff, like the robbing the Peter to pay Paul. This 
is what a lot of employees don't quite realize is that they get the check no matter what. As the business owner, you're the one that's robbing yourself to make sure that they get yeah. what they need. You know, Everyone gets paid before you. You're the last one paid, that's for sure. But according to them, we're doing great. You're living yeah. high on the hog. It's yeah. very much the, the grass is greener on the other side mentality. They see you. And you see how amazing they think, how amazing you must be doing it. You're a, you're a millionaire. And, uh, and you're, you're laughing at night while you back up yeah, the truck. That's our and favorite you're just, image. I know. Beep, yeah. beep, beep. Pull and the you're truck just in the back. shoveling the money in. Laughing at how you take advantage of all these people. I've yet to meet one salon owner who actually does that. But that's the, I think, stereotype of what they think. Well, I was going to say, we'll, we'll get back to both of you now. Because I just wanted to cover that a little bit. Because I just yeah. find it really intriguing to talk about salon ownership anytime I can with either former or current salon owners. Now, for you two, since you started working or now looking forward, do you guys have any long-term plans? I mean, do you guys want to keep working together as kind of a, you know, as a dual team or do you have other plans? I'm assuming not hiring staff, but maybe training or other stuff. Um, we're really happy with what we're doing right now. As long yeah. as we get open again soon, we yeah. can't wait to get back to work. Um, we're really comfortable just being the two of us. So we don't really have plans to expand. Cool. We like to just keep it, you know, kind of like we're really comfortable with what we have right now. Isn't that nice? I mean, you had it all like with the salon and all that stuff, right? But one of the things that I'm thankful about COVID is that it's made us slow down a little bit. And like you said, you used to take like eight clients a day and be just really pressed. But like, isn't it nice to have a little bit of margin in our lives? I mean, maybe it's too much margin, but yeah. <laughs> but isn't it nice to slow down a little bit? No, I think so. And I think it's it's good to see. And I want to encourage our listeners to really uh, take heart to what you're saying, because I think often people get into the last industry or any business and your immediate things like, well, I need to be the best and I need to be one day a CEO of a $10 trillion company and I have to do all these things. And I don't think most of us are cut out for that. I think most of us need to find a path where we find our happiness, not where you find the most financial success because a lot of people are financially successful but aren't happy. But really what's better to do is define what will be your success. And for you, it's working with your son, taking maybe four to six, seven clients a day, working, let's say, five days a week, whatever the number of days it is. And as long as you're busy and making a good little living and saving your money and, and enjoying the little things in life, that could be anyone. And it doesn't, you don't always have to have this high end. Well, I'm going to be a trainer after one year and then I'm going to have my product line after five years and then I'm going to have my salon and I'm going to be a franchise company and then I'm going to be, have a clothing line. And before you know it, you're working 80,000 hours a week, miserable because you have all the stress, all these things and nothing ever goes as planned. There's always problems. There's always hiccups. There's always setbacks and it can be really difficult. So to hear, it's very refreshing to hear you go, no, oh, I think we're okay. Just us two working, making money working. I mean, I don't think I, we've had that anyone answer that question Cheers that way before. To you. So. you guys get the champagne award. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. I think in the beginning, like. Yes. Yeah. It'll be funny. But hey, guys, thanks so much for being on the show. And uh, otherwise, uh, we'll hopefully we'll get to follow your progress and see how you do. Thanks right, for having cool. us. Thank you so much. And I feel like when you um, set boundaries, then those clients find you instead of trying to please everyone. We cannot please everyone. I choose not to work weekends. A lot of clients do not like that, but they find a way to come and see me. Mm -hmm. And if I can't accommodate them, um, there's another lash studio in the area that works weekends that I'll refer them to. Mm -hmm. You can't be 
um, everything to everybody. You need to be able to set boundaries for yourself so that you enjoy your work. That is a perfect quote. Gosh, it's like if it was a magazine, that's what I'd take out and like put it like in the center of the page there. (laughs) <laughs> Very cool. Well, anyhow, guys, we'll, before we get going, we'll shoot wrap up here in a second. I want to let people know where they can find you. You guys might find some new fans. Uh, the first ever that we know mother-son team, so that's pretty cool. So where can they find you? You guys can find us at uh, IndieLashStudio.com. And then on Instagram, we're IndieLashStudio. And you guys have your own Instagram, or you just share the same? Uh, yeah, stuff? we share the same one. Same. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, I appreciate so much you taking the time to hang out with us today and share a little bit of your story. And I hope uh, we'll have some more sons and and daughters jumping on and working (laughs) with their family. I think it's a beautiful thing. We recently also had a, a, the first couple that we know of that does husband wife that do lashes together. They're also in California. California is so cool. We should start like a group uh, where for lash bros, lash bros, lash dudes. dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) No, actually, I've been, people have talked to me about that. Yeah, a bunch of us getting together, us bros or dudes, whatever you want to call us, and doing, and talk, but I don't do lashes, the problem. I'm not a lash artist. I'm just a Yeah, I, but you'd fit fan. in just right with that group. Okay, yeah, thank you. I know it. Yeah, I, I like to say, I probably could teach people lashes, even though I don't do lashes. You're probably good. Which is, at least theoretically, I could teach it. I don't think I could show it. Uh, that would be really weird. But actually, I think I told you, Tessa, this year, I'm, I think I'm going to let you teach me lashes at least one oh, trap yeah. once, and we'll make a, 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 a... And that pretty much wraps it up, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. And remember, we're going to be giving away $100 Amazon gift cards. So get that review and send the post to paul at lashcastpodcast.com. Not the post, but the review, screenshot it, and send it to me. Okay, so you can get in the drawing. On behalf of my last dude at Tusney, as well as our guests, Alisa and Ricky, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. Bye.